Hi, everyone. Hi. And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, discuss the Silver Age comic book Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen with my teenage daughter. Ella Plum Rowland. And and what do you think we do? We, we, we talk about the comic, but for the most part, we just wander off into other topics of conversation at random points. Maybe some of that. I don't know. We, But, you know, I, I, I'm hoping. And I get mad at the 50s people and for I'm, inconsistencies and sex and stuff like that. It's true. We we try to make you laugh, but we just... Okay. Bleh, 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 bleh. This is about, specifically in this case, this is about issue number 40, which is released in October of 1959, or at least it's about... It's uh, Probably released in August. Right. Yeah. It was probably released in August. It's a very complicated series of things where the actual month of the comic is when it comes off the shelves as opposed to when it's put on the shelves. And then so it's done like a couple of months before, which is why you will see ads for Palisades Park and other sort of summertime activities, even though it says October, I've broken it down. So we start as we always start with the cover, the very, very top. It's 10 cents. Yeah. It's approved by the Comic Books Authority, yep. by the Comics Code Authority. Mm-hmm. It says, extra, Jimmy Olsen teams up with Supergirl. Woohoo! They just mentioned that in the last thing. Yes. I guess at this point, Supergirl has just come on the scene. Please. It's a really, really random question. Go like, right ahead. <laughs> not even about the story or anything. Have Superman's boots always looked like that? You mean red? No. I like mean, socks? No, no. I mean, they have like a, a dip in the center. Ah. The have they always looked like that? I don't think they've ever looked like that before, but I actually haven't noticed until now. And now I think that they're different than normal and it's me- and it's messing with me. I don't think so. I think perhaps we can, you know, we should probably pay attention to the artwork inside the comic book and we can see what the consistency is. My guess is that it's not consistent. Because that looks different for some reason. Right. It does. I, I, I agree. Um, and so now it's bothering me. So... Ladies and gentlemen, I have been known to ignore, like, giant gaping holes in this story because I'm too fixed on, like, the inconsistencies in costuming in, it's, like, movies and stuff. It's true. Costuming is very important to uh, Ella Plum. So another thing that people – I guess they, they did it when they started – when they rebooted the DC universe on screen. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Superman, yeah. he doesn't have the red underwear stuff, like the red trunks, the underwear and the outside. That doesn't happen. And they took it out in the new, but they added it back. But Superman is famous for wearing a red Speedo over his suit. I know. <laughs> and I think it... <laughs> It does help to sort of break up the costume in a nice way. I think if it's all blue, it's too blue. But the accents of red make it, okay, this is, uh, you know, costume talk with Elbom and (laughs) Gary. (laughs) But it is one of those things where it's like, you know, I think they decided because of the whole things in comic books don't always translate to the screen, like Wolverine's costume, for example. (laughs) Or early iterations of the Batman mask. Exactly. Or, you know, basically the bright colors and... Um, skin tightness of it all. All right. So, yes, yeah, somehow I feel as though we've gotten off track. But his boots. It's true. We'll just, <laughs> let's just pay attention to the inside and we will answer our own question. Please keep listening for the answer to these and many more questions on this more, week's episode. More of often than not posed by me. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Okay. So it says extra. Jimmy Olsen teams up with Supergirl. And it says Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. And on it, we see Superman and we see Jimmy Olsen. But Jimmy Olsen, his head is normal, but the rest of his body is going... Is a whitish clear outline with a dotted outline, and you can even see the outline of his bow tie and such, because he's turning invisible. Right, that is the universal comic book convention for turning invisible. Everything is slightly watered through when I think you see later on, they. D- I think when, like, Sue Storm, the invisible girl, shows up, yeah. I think then they start doing lines instead of dotted lines, because probably because Jack Kirby and the other artists got tired drawing the dotted line. Yeah, that would make sense. From a, you know, just from like a but artistic right. standpoint, it's way easier to do straight lines than, but just not fill in the, just not fill it, fill it, fill it in with color. And also be, like, it's also interesting that it's like, that you do get this like effect where you can still see the thing behind it. But it's like lighter color. Right. Which is hard to do, I think, mm-hmm. if you're an artist. I imagine that, you know, artists 
comic book artists hate all invisible characters. <laughs> Probably. So, as we can see, Jimmy Olsen is turning invisible, and and he says, Superman, what are you doing to me? You said your x-ray vision passing through the space jewel would give me superpowers. And Jimmy said, and uh, Superman says, Jimmy, my experiment went terribly wrong. I'm doomed you to be invisible for life. Yet he's still doing it. Right. He doesn't stop. He just keeps doing it. Yeah, I would like to note that he's saying it as he's still passing x-ray right. vision through the thing. And the inset title is featuring the invisible life of Jimmy Olsen. So we start as we always start with the inside cover. And in this case, we have another art scholarship, Art Instruction Incorporated. And you can win a $430 scholarship in commercial art if you draw Cowboy's head. I would like to note that you can literally just trace it. No, they don't want you to trace. I think they know know if you trace. With pencil, five inches high. And then as the winner of the, the, they judge it, and then you can get a scholarship where you can make up to $150 a week, some over $50,000 a year as a commercial artist. Yep. They also figure you'll become, maybe you want to become a comic book artist. Because, I mean, it's still around today. Do you know how many people? Tons and tons and tons of people in art school want to become comic book artists. Mm -hmm. And There's a lot of comic books that need art. And the thing is, though, as an industry, as it pays, Mm-hmm. Terrible. Mm. I mean, there is one of my favorite artists is Neil Adams. Uh-huh. And aside from being a great artist, one of the things that he did is he developed this thing called Continuity Studio, which became a like a pool of talent where he would hire people or people would come in to do like storyboards for movies and other kinds of art projects that paid way more than comic books. So, you know, uh-huh. that sort of is a thing that happened a lot that he, that he was very good for. Aside from being a great artist, he was also, you know, good for the industry it's good um okay so uh we have cowboy draw the cowboy and then we have and they say draw the cowboy head you can make up to fifty thousand dollars a year or a hundred 150 dollars a week is 50 does that math add up i no 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 those are two separate things okay 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 because like a uh, fifty thousand dollars a year is like almost a thousand dollars a week because you know 52 weeks in a year and stuff yeah it says one out of every 10 it's estimated has studied with this school so this school has actually produced 10 percent of all commercial artists today i wonder how true that is i don't think it's very true i think this is a teacup jewel maybe so you can get you know it can be just you or up to three friends because they have three coupons all right so okay so draw them that's that all right which brings us to our first story superman's pal jimmy olsen do you do you want to read this sure are you sure sure you were very very you know is everything okay his boots are doing the thing okay so it would but seem we don't know if it's going to continue doing that throughout the story it would seem that maybe i'm not sure that kurt swan actually did the art for this i'm not sure that it looks the it artwork looks ever so slightly different right the artwork does look a little different Clark bones cheekbones are different clark kent's cheekbones are different oh no am i gonna have to look it up are you maybe yeah i'm just gonna take a moment because i have it all set it up looks different i have it all set up so that i can just look nope it says kurt swan it looks well it says different. cover and penciler maybe it's a different inker because that's always a that's always a different thing it looks different it does it does he does look a little different okay so back to the back back to the show superman's pal jimmy olsen now my daughter is getting ready she doesn't hit, keep hitting the microphone sorry we're trying a new setup this week to try to break ourselves out maybe a little get it a little easier okay so here she is she's looking exasperated probably because of me i'm waiting to see what you're gonna do her normal team angst is (laughs) her normal teen angst is setting in and any moment now we'll be hearing from her do you think it would be exciting fun to be invisible and baffle others with your unseen presence well Don't be too sure until you see what happens to Jimmy Olsen when a stroke of fate makes him vanish from the sight of all human eyes. Strangely enough, it's none other than Superman who is the cause of the cover porter's woes in The Invisible Life of Jimmy Olsen. Once again, the cover story is the first story. I know. Is this going to be a trend? have no idea. I guess we'll find out in the future. All right. So here in the the first panel, uh, we see Lucy, Lucy Lane, Lana, uh, Lois Lane's little sister, little sister, dancing with an invisible Jimmy Olsen. Uh, so nobody else sees. Uh, no, everybody thinks that you know Lucy's maybe dancing alone and out of her mind. And so she says, "The others are laughing at me because of." 
dancing, they think I'm dancing alone because you're invisible, Jimmy. After this date, I never want to see you again. And then uh, Jimmy thinking, Lucy Lane can't see me again. Now uh, I'll be miserable for the rest of my life. And then Superman is around in the, the shadow saying, poor Jimmy, I'm responsible for his becoming invisible. Now, doesn't, I mean, did Lucy just say, just start dancing? Or like, so they also would have seen her come in and talking to Jimmy and just like talking to nobody. And I'm okay, I may guess that this is a restaurant and not a private party. Because at a private party, you could just say, hey, everybody, hey, my everybody. boyfriend's turned invisible. You know him. He likes to get experimented on recklessly. Right. You know how, right. You know how he's friends with Superman. He's always getting into crazy super adventures. You know how my boyfriend's a reckless idiot? Right. Well. I'm just going to be flighty. It's Jimmy Olsen's birthday. We don't know how old he is. It's true. And isn't this like the second birthday this year? Because isn't there the other time when they when Superman was going to give him, oh, yeah, his super suit on his 21st birthday? No, that was like he just made it and wanted to make sure that it fit him. Okay. So. This is his actual birthday. Right. In this case. Perry White gives Jimmy a set of golf clubs. Okay, apparently Jimmy golf. We have no idea why. I've never seen Jimmy golf in any of these 40 issues. It's the 1950s. I guess everybody golfs? I don't know. So Clark Kent, of course, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, goes out on her interviews and then, of course, changes into Superman and comes back with a space jewel that space he recently rock. found on a distant asteroid. And he's like... I, he says, I think it can give you superpowers for a day. If I put my invisible beams through it, it will give you the powers and then that's that. And I think so. I would like to know, Superman is typically a little bit more thorough yes. with this sort it's of thing. Very true. It's very Like true. this is kind of out of character. Generally, he is not the one who is experimenting on Jimmy. It is that damn Professor Potter <laughs> or other random other random scientist right. person or sometimes criminals even what you find out is that jimmy is now invisible and superman starts to try to make it up to him first by uh by by destroying by giving you know jimmy some exclusives and then jimmy sneaks into a magician's club where he sees the ceremonies and rituals because apparently magicians are actually a cult right where magicians are a cult and that yet yeah, nobody's you know nobody can let, let in and then they go in and then he sees how the tricks are done he listens to their speak their secret society and then he writes this story and he hands in the story to perry white and perry white's like it's invisible i don't what what is this this is i can feel the paper but, but i can't see the words that are on the paper and i can't see the paper either so you dummy <laughs> and he's like well here's this picture too and he's like this i can't is see the pictures okay so maybe the pictures uh he can't do but braille no i was gonna say dictation Braille. Like, why couldn't Jimmy just sort of dictate it to somebody and then hand it to a copy boy to type up? Yeah, you find out that Jimmy, although he's got these super invisible powers, is uh, can't do anything because he has like a Midas touch situation going on. Turns every inorganic object that he has into invisible, including one of Perry's cigars, which when did Jimmy touch Perry's cigar? I guess he you know, he was just having it on the but he does, Perry does get a chance to throw the invisible paper into the trash and it looks like it's going right in. I mean, okay. because you can feel it. Like, it's not like it becomes like non-existent. So then, uh, Jimmy goes on to a, a quiz show, uh, the Jigsaw Jackpot where he puts a jigsaw and with a blank thing and he says it's a picture of the invisible man right and so what does he win an he wants an antique area. mirror once owned by king louis the 18th okay, which so okay i've been watching where did they find this mirror well you know and i just want to know like how can they verify that it was owned by this guy you can do that you know there are experts that can verify it, but the thing is i've watched i've watched game shows for a very long time and no. i don't think i've ever 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 seen them give away an antique doesn't that's, that's a game show i would want to be on though. right that's a game show I would that be might on. be true so then lucy is out on a date with jimmy and 
you know, Jimmy, of course, is invisible. And uh, Lois told Jimmy, uh, Lois told Lucy what was going on. And he's like, I didn't think he'd, and he's like, I am totally going to do it. So we are going to have a date. And then, of course, everybody sees that Jimmy isn't, that, you know, she's dancing alone and she feels self-conscious. And a bunch of guys try to get her to dance with that with them instead. And then he touches her clothes and they turn invisible. This happens once they're back at home. Right. Thank goodness. Luckily, yes. Not <laughs> while they're on the dance floor. And then he goes in and- Which I guess if you're slow dancing, it's kind of impossible to not touch the other person's clothes, but like- So he touches, he then goes home, touches his his uh, his refrigerator, all the food disappears, reaches inside and grabs a- Can of cat food. A can of bat cat food that he was keeping to feed his like, landlady's cat while she was away. And there's just all this stuff. All his money has turned invisible and then finally- He turns evidence against a dangerous criminal gang right. invisible. He identifies this one guy, I guess Corbin, this guy, Quiz King Corbin, killed somebody and there was this note that the guy left, like sort of last utterance and Jimmy grabs it and it disappears. And then everybody's like, then finally- uh, Jimmy should just be put under house arrest at this point. He gets fired and then- The criminal gang. Quiz King Co- uh, Quiz King Corbin shows up and he's like, uh, well, he's like, uh, what is it? I, I heard how the invisible kid, Jimmy Olsen, sprung me by accidentally destroying the evidence. And now I'm clear of the murder rap. And- Robbery both. I never told them where. Oh, so basically he's like, I got this money. And it's hidden. And it's hidden. And I need to go get it. And then apparently they bring in Jimmy Olsen. And they, and he says, you know, this is going to, like, how do we know that you're not going to trick us? That This is not sort of some sort of trick to get Superman to, to get, basically to kind of trap him. So they put him up to a lie detector, which strangely enough, go ahead. Why didn't the lie detector turn invisible? That was about to be my question, (laughs) which oddly enough doesn't turn invisible when, when he touches it. So... Uh, they go back and they bury they find out that he's not lying and so they go they go in, in this loose sand they get the million dollars worth of radium right because radium this is a time when radium is like a super valuable thing and nobody knows that it's super toxic with radiation I mean it still is a super valuable thing you just don't want to be anywhere near it right but he also has a lead line box to keep it in and as he gets there Superman shows up and he's like gotcha and they're like hey hey and so what we find out is that Superman kind of just poured invisible potion into Jimmy's soda and then faked turning him invisible with the gem and dooming him so that they could figure out where the stuff was and right. then they charged them on stealing radium? Right. Well, I guess radium th- radium theft's important. Yes. So it was all a clever ruse, but he couldn't tell Jimmy that, of course, because if he did, then he'd fail the lie detector test. Now, where criminals get lie detectors, we don't know. And then this brings us up to the so that's the end of the story and jimmy dolson's fine and uh he's no longer invisible although i would i guess the other stuff is also not invisible so they could then bring in that evidence to get king corbin and all the other stuff and everybody's fine but lucy gets her dress back who knows about a a lucy's lucy's thing all right so that brings us then to jimmy olsen's pen pals they decided to uh, move it up move it up this week and in it, once again, somebody has beef with the menace of super fans of Superman's fan mail. And it was a very They just keep like they keep hammering it at the It was idea. not the best. <laughs> I don't know why that why they pick up that one. So this is about, this is my favorite one is Jimmy Olsen's pen pals, and that is Dear Editor, can Jimmy Olsen's signal signal watch given by Superman tell time? And Jimmy Olsen's editor says Well clearly it can't. He thought it was eleven forty five. Exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm about to say. So but the editor says to the very split second, but what they don't tell you is so in the last issue, the super lad of space. Yeah. The reason why Jimmy is hurt into space is because he thinks that it's at noon and his watch says it's 11.45. So unless he wears two watches, which he does not, <laughs> I guess the battery went dead on his watch. Um, and that is a super geeky gotcha. I'm finding that yeah, yeah, I'm getting way, I'm knowing way <laughs> too many things. And like somebody, somebody on one of the, one of the many, you know, one of the Facebook groups I go, they posted something from, remember when they, when uh, Superman brought Jimmy to the Fortress of Solitude and he created that one, that mural of the 
Yeah. And so he put it in. He's like, where did this, like, what, what is this? Where does this come from? Was it ever in any issue? And I happened to show it where it is. And he was like, great. And then I told him about the podcast. Then, uh, and if he, if he is here, uh, welcome. And now we have, first time ever, color photos of your favorite stars. But the thing is, they're not shown in color. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I, but there's red. They're shown with a, no, there isn't, not in the pictures. And you know. The pictures themselves are black and white. That's true. I guess maybe because they can't afford color photo reproduction. And you can get some people like uh, Peter Brown. Dad. Or. Dad, I have a question. Will Netches. I have a question. Sure. Who's Peter Brown? I have no idea. Uh, you can get a Dale Robertson. Who's that? I have no idea. Is there anyone that you do know? Oh who yeah, yeah, it yeah is? sure, 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 sure. Like sure. who? There's uh, you know, James Arness, Pat Boone. Um, those are both. Uh, James Arness was a uh, he was an actor, and P- Pat Boone is a singer. Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis Presley. Those are all singers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sal Mineo. He uh, he starred opposite James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. You know, Tab Hunter. They're all Fabian. They're, there, there are people there who knows, but like, yeah, there are always like stars that like you know have kind of been lost, lost to time. time. Like Ty Hedis, no idea who that is. Oh no, either. John Kelly, no clue. All right, so then uh, also we have Lincoln an, Logs. It is a frontier cabin big enough for two children to play in for a dollar. Whoa! And five for only four dollars because I guess you want to make a whole city of frontier cabins. Yeah, you just have that one. I'm gonna have a village. Right. I'm making a village and I'll never have to go inside the real house ever again. I need to stop dropping that. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> so aside from it, like being like, it's got to be a fake. Like the, the sides have to be cardboard. I like, I don't know. I want it to be real though. I do want it to be real. But I want to have like a giant Lincoln Log Village in my backyard. But as we all know. A lot of times, the comic book ads do not. I know, but can't you just let me believe that there were sure. kids who could order this and have Lincoln sure. Log Village? As in soon their as yard. you develop, as soon as you develop time travel, we'll go back in time and buy a frontier cabin after large I, enough for two children after to play I in. I punch the 1950s. Right, we'll go back and we'll get we'll get, we'll get ourselves a frontier cabin large enough for two children to play Yay. in. Now, what they play, we don't know. That brings Front, us to our play next frontier people. I guess. What else would you play in a frontier cap? Checkers. I don't know. Okay, so then we brings us to our next story. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. As readers of Action Comics know, as reader of Action Comics know, Supergirl has recently come to Earth, possessing all of the superpowers of her cousin Superman. For certain reasons, the very existence of the Girl of Steel is being kept secret from the world. But one day, Supergirl decides to reveal herself to Superman's trusted pal, Jimmy Olsen. What happens then then will utterly amaze you as the cub reporter becomes Jimmy Olsen, Supergirl's pal. So we see Jimmy and he is got the famous ZZZ from his signal watch. And so we see Supergirl and Superman landing and Superman says, great guns. Jimmy Olsen called me here with his ultrasonic signal watch, but Supergirl is also answering the call. Who is his pal? She or I? That's making it sound a lot more dramatic than it actually is in the story. And, but also... Her boots are doing the thing, too. I guess those are Kryptonian boots. Okay. But... I'm not sure why I never noticed it before, but okay. Their relationship, Superman's relationship with Jimmy, like, they're both totally untrusting of their relationship, and they just feel that any moment in time, it's just going to collapse. Well, yeah, because they never actually spend any time together. I guess. So that's what her outfit looked like at first? Yes. She had a short skirt. It is highly impractical. Well, sure. Short skirt. Yeah, but like now isn't the skirt red? Yes, I think it is. I think it more closely, yeah, it more closely matched Superman's outfit. Yeah, so now the skirt's red, but there the skirt's blue and like way more flared out than it needs to be. So. With a yellow belt. In Jimmy Olsen. So that we start, Jimmy Olsen is covering a Colonel Colby show of wonders and they will amaze you. And you see Thora, the world's strongest girl performer. Um, I have a slight problem with that sentence. I bet you do. Partially because they didn't need to add performer to the end of it. It's true. (laughs) 
So I, maybe they think that there is a stronger girl, but this is the stronger girl that performs stuff. It just seems impractical. It just – It seems not, like a long way to go. It's also highly impractical to right. be lifting heavy weights in a corset. So he – It's not good for you. So then we see her lifting. Now, it says 1,000 pounds on each side. Does that mean 2,000 pounds? A or ton? do you think it means – I think we're to assume she's lifting a ton. All right. And but Jimmy is in the is in the um is in the crowd and he thinks Fooey, no slim young girl could be that strong. I I I um I don't like that sentence either. I, I bet you don't. I really don't like that sentence. The only thing actually I really like about it is Fooey. I really wish <laughs> I feel like I would love to bring back the word, the word fooey. fooey. That is something that I definitely feel like we should bring back as a word. And just like people, like if instead of like you know telling people they're full of sh- they're full of shh or other things, uh, you can just shout fooey. But like, I have issues with this. I bet you do. <laughs> and they're not unfounded. No, no, they are not. So you know, but you know, girls can't be strong. I guess he figures like, oh, on a biomechanical level, uh, you, you can't be that small and that being able to lift up weight. I, I would like to know that that's also true. That's probably also very true, that you are correct. But Jimmy does not have the same understanding of biomechanics that we have in a modern age. Although there was like, <laughs> so I used to watch a show called Burn Notice on USA. What's that? Uh, it was about a guy who's in the CIA. He did something wrong and was out of work, but did a bunch of stuff. Was he actually? Or was that just like a persona they made? No, he was actually like he was out of work, but he was doing all these all this like freelance work. Anyway, he had this team and on this team was this woman who was a weapons expert and a martial artist. And she was tiny. She was. I always felt like her frame was way too slight to be like a super. It always seemed like she was blowing. I mean, she was mostly muscle, but it just seemed like she was so. But she looked like very like she could blow away in a stiff breeze. Exactly. Um, And she had a terrible accent that kept falling in and out. She was supposed to be from Ireland. and like, She was not from Ireland? or I don't know. But she was like her character was supposed to be Irish. Mm-hmm. And I think after like the third or fourth episode, like it, her just accent just, not. just disappeared. And then periodically it would come back. Usually if she was meeting somebody from her past who was also from Ireland. But somehow I feel as though we have gotten off, off track. track. So... Jimmy Olsen, and so uh, Colonel then shows a man who is frozen in a block of ice. From the Stone Age. He's From the... very specific that it's the Stone Age. Right. So then Jimmy says, oh, well, if it's the Stone Age, how come he has a steel spearhead? Wait, no, he doesn't say it's from the Stone Age. He says prehistoric. Yes, and he holds his ancient iron spear. So I guess, you know, he's just trying to point out that that, that can't be true. And the Colonel goes, you'll be sorry, Olsen. I warn you. Okay, here's another thing. <sighs> You know, I think by this point, these kinds of carnivals, like, we all know. They're not real. That many of them are not real. So to expose them as a fraud, would it would be like a big no-duh moment. Yeah. So he decides that he needs to go and he needs to go home. And he secures his valuable souvenir collection with a trap. And in that trap, he fixes up a can of tear gas. And then accidentally sets it off on himself. Right. Well, he also, but Superman gave him this trophy when he, where he Foiled the tear gas gang? There are so many <laughs> gangs I don't, in Metropolis. I, I have never heard of the tear There's gas gang. no... So, there is no limit. There really isn't. Super. So Jimmy Olsen is walking around temporarily blind, and then the colonel walks by, sees Jimmy Olsen temporarily b- blind, and he they first hear him on the phone talking to Perry White and how he's going to make this great story. He's like, I'm coming to the office. I'm temporarily blind, but I'll take a cab- taxi. And then the colonel says, get into my taxi. He says, I'll disguise my voice, and and I bet I, I always feel like the voice should be, oh, oh, oh uh, right this way. Uh, sir, step into my uh, taxi. Okay, just. I mean, it is a yellow car. Uh, and also, but also, he's temporarily blind. He doesn't care what color it is. He doesn't know what color it is. And so, just as a note to everybody in the world, if you ever hear the words er in somebody's explanation, uh, they're lying. They don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. Or they're lying. Exactly. They're just making stuff up. So. I know this from way too many school presentations that no one studied for. And so, 
Colonel is like, too bad, you are screwed, baby. And your signal watch won't help you now because as we all know, Superman is in the center of the earth getting photography from the center of the earth. I um I, I have a thing that I would like to point out Go ahead. in school that I'm not sure people still know it's true. The center of the earth is solid. Yes, and also, but also it's super, super hot. He's moved the sun. Heat isn't the issue here. It's the fact that it's solid. Well, to get there. And there would be no flames. But to get there, he he has to get through. There is no oxygen to fan flames I, beneath the Earth's surface. But he's created it with his hole by making the hole from the top of the Earth. But it's still not going to be on fire. It's magma. There's nothing to burn. Magma. So, um, but that's where he is. So he is out of luck. And so uh, Jimmy hits the ZZZ of his signal watch. But luckily, nearby is... Superman's new cousin. Superman's cousin, Supergirl. See, she knows how to have a disguise. She's got a wig on. Right. I guess she's in an orphanage somewhere. I think that's what happened. I think... Uh, she's in an orphanage. Yeah. yeah. He just, uh, Superman just stuck her in an orphanage for a while. You know what she should have stuck? You know what he should have stuck her in? Nunnery. Why do you find this so funny? I don't know. Just to add it. <laughs> that, that was like Ladies a big place. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why my father finds this so funny. I don't know. I don't know. You might as well. But I guess because she's a teenage girl, you can't stick her in a nunnery. So the con man throws him over the the edge, and then but Supergirl comes and picks him up, saves him. Okay, I have a costume-related question. Go right ahead. That I don't know why I've never realized it before. Sure. So Superman and Supergirl wear their costumes under their clothes, right? Yes. One, most white shirts are more or less kind of see-through if you're wearing anything patterned underneath. Sure. Why does no one ever see that they've got um, the Superman? I think maybe he has special. He has special thick shirts, maybe. And Um, then what's the other thing? How do they fit their cape under? Ah, I don't know. They because those capes are long and full and like flowy, and that is very difficult to put under anything, let alone like a but a fitted button down shirt. All of these things, all these things are good questions. I think people have been asking them since time in memoriam. So you then find out that Supergirl's part of a planet when Krypton blew up. This one part was saved, kind of, and they it kind of just lodged itself off in a perfectly preserved state. Right. Apparently with its atmosphere. And then the ground turned to kryptonite, but they put lead over it. Well, no, because Superman can survive in space without breathing, like, like, indefinitely. I guess that's true. So, they don't need an atmosphere. But he still needs... So, you know, I guess also another question, I guess, that has been plagued people in time memoriam. It's like, okay, so he flies around in space, right? What happens when he gets to a solar system with a red sun? He dies. He dies, but he loses all his power, and then... And therefore he he dies. How can he do... his stuff. Anyway. He doesn't. I feel as though we've gotten off track. So they, so basically what happens is this big chunk is about to fall off and they send, like Superman, they send off Supergirl to Earth. Because the night that the ground was made of had burned through the lead protection sheets. Right. And they didn't have any more, I guess. So, so Supergirl like lays it all out to Jimmy and Jimmy is just like. You're kidding. You are kidding. I would know if there was a Supergirl. Superman's my best friend. Right. He would tell me. He would tell me. And I am temporarily blind. So. So how do I, I can't, I can't see you. So how do I know that you're not just some person, that you're not Thora, the strong girl? And and so she does a whole lot of things to try to prove it. Right. First thing she does is she cuts through a tree to which he's like, how do we know that you didn't cut that tree beforehand? And then she takes him to the Sahara. And she's like, how do you know that I, that we don't have this? This isn't just a bunch of heat lamps. under a heat lamp and someone put sand on the floor. Right. And he's like, then they take us to the frozen north. They're like, well, how do we know that this isn't just some kind a of giant refrigerator? Right. And there's a rodeo and she looks and like goes and starts dictating to him what's happening because he's listening into it on his transistor right. radio. So basically, and he's like, you've got an ear trumpet. And so she's like, OK, I have something that'll prove it. Take these scissors and try to cut my hair. So he cuts her hair. He tries to cut her hair and it won't work. And, and then, then he's like, okay, I guess you are Supergirl. But she notices that that way back at the rodeo, a bull is dragging a rider and she takes the she takes the scissors. Super freezes them with her super breath so that they don't melt. And then flight. launches the scissors to save the guy. And of course, Jimmy's like. And then Jimmy gets suspicious. Right. And he's like, of course, like, of course, you don't want me to see that. And he's just like. And she, she's just like, I 
cannot deal with right. this kid. Just like I this totally idiot. and utterly give up, you moron. So um, so she signals Superman for Jimmy. Right, she's like because she sees that he's on the way back up, and so then she flies away. And Superman's like, "What? What's what's wrong?" And Jimmy is like, "I am temporarily blind, and this guy tried to kill me." Right. So he goes and breaks up everything, and you find out that the Colonel is actually a Big Con Colby, who's wanted for previous killing of a witness who saw through one of his other con racket. And um, so Jim, so Jimmy, of course, says uh, at the very end, "My sight is back now, Superman. Can you imagine trying to hoodwink me and make?" Make me think that there was a Supergirl? Ha ha! And Superman has no reaction and is just kind of looking at Jimmy like, yeah, you think that. Go and, ahead. And Supergirl is back at the orphanage saying, as far as I'm concerned, I guess I don't er exist. So that's that. Yeah, I don't see how her cape could fit under that. Neither do I. I agree. I agree. I think it's a great point. You know, people have also mentioned, like, what is he, what happens to the clothes after he changes out of them? And how does he wear his super boots under his clothing? Right. Those are or all. Where does he keep? Those are all good things to ask. Okay, so we have Shorty, and Shorty is out in the woods with a gun all by himself, and he says, "This is the 1950s. That's not that out of the ordinary." So. He goes out, and he's been looking for a place to hunt, and doesn't see anything to hunt. And but he goes by a pond and sees all these fish, and he's like, I'll come back tomorrow with fish, with a fishing line. And then he comes back tomorrow, and there are wild animals everywhere. There's a cute little fox-looking thing. I think it's squirrel. Supposed to, it looks very much like a fox for it to be a squirrel. No, I think it's a squirrel. I want it to be a fox, so Okay, it's fine. It's cute. a tree fox. <laughs> it's a tree fox. Okay, then we have... <laughs> Then we have Cloverine Salve. So, yeah, and now the the ad box. the ad has been shrunk to half a page instead of a full page. And this is when they're doing the foreign con, the foreign coin con. Yes, the foreign coin con. Where you call, you get foreign coins, and then and then you sell stuff. And then you, the, but the, you get to keep the coins. But of course, they then sell you this stuff and tell you that you want to get foreign salve. Salve. Okay. So that brings us then to our last story: Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Every good American. American citizen knows that juvenile delinquency is a menace to our way of life, and every good citizen, like cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, is eager to eliminate the teenage gangs whose lawless deeds disgrace the community. But in order to battle the young hoodlums of Metropolis, the red-headed young newshawk is forced one day to join a teenage gang and pose as Jimmy Olsen, juvenile delinquent. And then there's a, a bunch of old-time 50s street thugs holding axes. All teenage blonde white guys wearing um, leather jackets with an insignia somewhere on it. Right. You know, they're all boys, and they're like, ah, this is some laugh. Jimmy Olsen destroying his idol, but I've got to demolish this Superman statue. I must convince this teenage gang that I'm a delinquent, too. So he is a teenager. Right. I guess, yeah. But I, he's old enough to be living on his own. Right. I, I think... So he's 19? I don't know. Like, I, re I just, I don't know. So I'm never going to stop trying to figure it out. I think we should all. I think it, I don't think that that's a bad thing to figure, try to figure out, but we'll, we'll figure it out together. So he's old enough. He's young enough to be in a teenage gang. But old enough to live on his own and have a full-time job. Exactly. So. But not 21 yet. Perry White at his house, and uh, somebody throws a rock through his window. He's playing chess with his son at the, at the moment. And so a bunch of teenagers throw a rock through his window because he's, Perry White's been uh, talking about uh, the juvenile delinquent menace, and they're like, hey, you knock it off, or we're gonna go get you. Or, or you could not give him more cause to write about the juvenile delinquent menace right. by throwing rock through his window and threatening him. Well, criminals are not known for their long-sighted. So Perry White sends Jimmy on a mission to go undercover and join the uh, juvenile delinquent gang. Now, so, our, this is a time back when um, juvenile delinquents, uh, like gangs, uh, didn't deal drugs or run guns. They just smashed stuff. Well, the worst that they had was there was the rumble. Did You see, you saw a West Side Story, right? Yeah. Jets and Sharks? Yes. That was a rumble. In a parking lot fighting each other with knives? Correct. Well, there were always a 
host of there was always a host of weapons. There's actually a uh, there was an author, one of my you know Harlan Ellison, who was one of my favorite authors. One of his first really good book was it was called uh, Memos from Purgatory, and he joined a gang and he talked about the kinds of the kinds of weapons that they had. And yes, there were not switchblades. Switchblade. Switchblade was a very popular and to the point where it got banned and still to this day. Yeah, those are illegal. Right, but you can still buy a machine gun. Um, uh, so yes, the switchblade, such a menace. Well, the machine gun, go ahead. Well, you know, jarts. Um, so they, yeah, so like, you know, they would have all different kinds of weapons. There was like bicycle chains and baseball bats and... Baseball bat with nails through the end. Right. An interesting one that I always found was you take a bunch of like safety razors, like, okay, so at the time they had those like double-edged razors that you put like, like my razor. Yeah. You take a potato. <laughs> I can't take it. It's difficult to take that seriously when the start of a weapon well, when I making tell you, process is you take a potato. When I tell you what's going on, I'm you'll sure understand. it's very intimidating, okay. but it starts with no, a potato. It's not very intimidating, but listen, just listen to what it is. Okay, so you take a potato <laughs> and you take one side of the potato and you stuff it with these razors. With these razors. And it then becomes this like super sharp weapon. But the thing about it is if the cops come, you can just ditch it and leave and it's cost you like a nickel i guess yeah that's like something you would make in the zombie apocalypse it's true so jimmy of course being a master of disguise greases his hair and turns it uh, and dyes it black dyes it black because as we all know all delinquents have black hair i would like to point out that all the other guys in this gang that are actually members of this gang are white dudes with like yellow blonde hair and also just remember he's still jimmy olsen he's still famous why they don't go hey why does jimmy olsen have black hair you know why why because only one person in metropolis has red hair i guess so and that's the only way that people ever recognize him is with red hair so um he goes to school and he gets in trouble and he you know demonstrates his uh all the figures of authority are in on this by the way so he plays he does the all these terrible playing solitaire in class and then oh the horror And then he gets suspended for playing solitaire in class. I mean, cards aren't allowed in class at school. And... Like, there have been, like, decks of cards confiscated from students in, like, various classes that I've been in. Like, but what about Magic the Gathering? No one has Magic the Gathering cards out in the middle of study hall, Dad. What about Pokemon cards? No. No one has Pokemon cards out in the middle of study hall. No, people are just building card houses in the middle of study hall. That's what's happening. I don't why because they're bored why did they get in trouble for that I don't know all right okay because that's like not a danger no it's it's not and it's it's really stupid to get in trouble for and also it's study hall isn't that like you know basically like a free everything else like the teacher that I had at least was just like nothing goes above a whisper and, and you're fine. Nobody bu- and nobody builds any card houses. Like I've, l- he, they got in trouble for card houses. But you can do like there are people on their phones. There are people watching Netflix on their phones. There are people playing video games. I've gone around braiding different people's hair because I'm bored. And as long as I do it silently, no one gets in trouble unless there's cards around. And then suddenly the teachers are on red alert. All right. I don't know. <laughs> prevents gambling heaven forbid they have dice okay so so jimmy of course is suspended from school and then he starts to use a magnet on a pinball machine so he can win all these prizes and the shopkeeper is on on, in on this too right and he steals a bunch of stuff so like basically he does all these 50s hoodlumy things that don't involve murdering or beating the hell out of people or you know throwing molotov cocktails in the poor neighborhood. So all of the innocent 1950s gang things. Exactly. So Jimmy is like hanging out with the group. And, and they have their own basement, I guess. Right. They, they're at their, back at their clubhouse. It's a secret cellar headquarters. And so the Kings, and it's called the Kings because we all know, because there's a sign on the wall that says the King. And, um, and it's on all their jackets. So the guys are like hanging out. And as we all know, there's a guy with a hat. And as we all know, I don't know if you know this, you know this. The guy with the hat is always whack. Is that the thing? Jughead, classic example. So Also, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't know either. I don't get it. He's just spraying people with seltzer right. water and he, people think he's hilarious. That's all he does. There's no variation. There's no jokes. And why? There's no cream pies. There's no nothing. There's no other form of 50s comedy other than spraying people with seltzer water. Well, also, it's and it's Larry. Um, why, does, why doesn't anybody go, hey, Larry? 
put it you out. do that again, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that seltzer bottle and shoot it up your behind. <laughs> These are tough people. <laughs> Or they think. Right. They it's seem like, to think. I'm tough. going to take this potato and these razors and I'm going to harm you. <laughs> I can't take anything with potatoes seriously. I, look, like I get it's it. not even just that. Like anytime someone is like, it all started with potatoes, I'm haven't, like, no, I can't. Haven't you ever heard of a potato gun? Yeah. Marley got one <laughs> one year. Okay. So I did not take that seriously either. But what you find out is one of the leaders of the gang is Hank White, Perry White's son, gasp. <gasps> and he says that basically, we don't need this new kid. There are too many people in here already. Right. Which isn't the whole thing is that there's like strength in numbers or whatever. No, 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 no. no? That's not always true. It's always like a select a select group. Okay. You know, like they don't usually like, you know, minorities or Catholics or things like that. Or people with black hair. Right. Why everyone else is blonde. No, no. No redheads. He's... Um, <laughs> that's why they let him in because he's black hair. But if he was a redhead, they wouldn't let him in at all. No. So then the, one of the guy goes, all right, well, let's... Let's give this guy a crazy initiation. Like if he can su- survive this initiation, that's fine. And so, so they take them. So they take him to this condemned roller coaster death trap, and they make him ride a condemned roller coaster with a clear, clear, large gap in the rails. But he knows that he has to do it because if he doesn't, he does. He's not in the gang, and he can't do his story. And blah blah blah. So I would like to know that these teenage boys are willing for him to die. That's right. They want to kill him. They're trying to. To kill him. Yes. It would seem so. Or terribly maim him at the very least. But at the last minute, of course, Superman shows up, bridges the gap with his back, and the roller coaster runs, but it's not enough, and Jimmy plummets to his death and he dies. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he makes it out and everybody's like, hey, hey. Then Jimmy starts to write his story, and he's just really afraid that Perry White, that his son, he's gonna it's gonna kill him that when he finds out that his son's a juvenile delinquent. I mean And so then they come up with their next one, and one guy says, Hey, what's what do we do for laughs today, truck? And then, of course, the crazy guy with the hat says, squirt everybody with water. Ha ha. Dad, what? I don't get it. Well, maybe it's because leather is ruined by water and, you know, they're causing damage by. No, but they're shooting each other in the face. I don't get it. I don't know. Seltzer has always been. I've always wanted to get one of those seltzer guns. They've got those at the, um, the place. The... Yes, the place. <laughs> is the place Galco. that I'll die. Yeah, I know. Okay, so then they decide that they're going to find a Superman statue and they're going to destroy it. And... So they go to the local statue garden. What? Right. Dad. And they pick out. Why are there statue gardens everywhere? There are statuaries. That exists. That's like a thing. There's a statuary up at the Huntington, like a statue garden. They're not like of people, but they're of abstract sculptures. That, that exists. That's totally a thing. Okay. Okay. So they decide that they're, they're going to settle in on a, a, uh, a thing of Superman. But Superman has taken the statue, put it aside, and then covered himself in cement and stood there while they try to destroy it. And nothing happens. And then the cops show up and then they run. And Jimmy sees that it's actually actual Superman. And then Jimmy goes to Perry White and he's like, okay, okay Perry. I'm going to give you the final say on this, that we can print it or not, but your son is in this gang. Right. And of course, Perry's at first mortified, but then he's like, we should do this story. The truth is important. Look, it'll be there, and that's that. So they go back to the, to the clubhouse, and as if you didn't see this coming, I saw this coming. Like He gets sprayed with right. seltzer. Larry, Larry, crazy hat guy, <laughs> sprays Jimmy's head with the water, and of course- The hair dye runs. The hair dye runs this out. this is the 1950s. And then everybody finds out, oh, hey, it's red hair, and then everybody's like, you have red hair, only one person in Metropolis has red hair. That's what I've been saying. Um. It's so it's Jimmy Olsen. So then they they go to Jimmy Olsen. They're like, all right, all right. So they took his watch and then they were going to go back to his place and trash his souvenir collection. Right. But Superman gets summoned somehow. Right. Superman. Well, what happens is that Hank White took the watch and called Superman because Hank White is actually undercover with the group because he wanted to do a story to show his dad that he was a good reporter. I mean, good for him. Good for him. And so uh, so he then- He took called... initiative. Exactly. So Perry White, back in Perry White's office, he, d- he publishes the paper, and he says it's both Jimmy Olsen and Hank White's story. So they're both 
credited with the story and they're like, well, you know, it could also be Superman because he's really. But Superman didn't write any of this. Right. And he's illiterate. So. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he can only write in Kryptonian. Well, um, no. No. That is not true at all. He's, yeah, he writes no. on mountains. Okay, so then we have uh, ads for coming up, coming super attractions. Uh, Superboy in October. Introducing the Boy of Steel's amazing new pet, the Super Monkey from Krypton. I approve of this pet. Uh, As do I. I just also want to know. I want this pet to have its own comic book. So on Krypton, they just have all the animals they have here? Yes. Why is there no, like, Glorkfon with, like, you know, like an eight-winged bat? I mean, there might be, but they also have all the Earth people animals. I guess so. And they have, plus, the day Clark Kent took a haircut. You take haircut? <laughs> I don't um, Then, in Lois Lane, we see that Lana Lang gets superpowers. Lana Lang falls in love with Clark Kent. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Lois Lane falls in love with Clark Kent. She was already... Oh, no. She... No, no, no. In love with Superman, not Clark Kent. I mean, same, same person. So... And also, Aquaman teams up with Superman. Outrageous. I know. It's crazy. All right. And then in Superman comics... I love Aquaman. And then in Superman comics, they go... Uh, basically, they, they're doing an early alternate universe where Krypton did not explode. And cool. so they have uh, Robo, um, his Robo playmate, Zael, his younger brother, and Futuro, his... Oh, and that the, the basically the, that's Krypton has a superhero that's named Futuro. So this was cool. an early alternate universe, an early alternate universe that was experimented on back before they had... All of these other alternate universes. Exactly. Especially with the new TV shows and everything's in an alternate universe. Yes. I'm so tired of alternate universes. I know. I'm so tired of alternate universes, Dad. I'm sorry. I dislike them worse than Imagine Dragon. (laughs) So, okay. So then we are in the home stretch. Is that just our new, like, measure how much you dislike things by is better or worse than Imagine Dragons? Maybe. If anyone who likes Imagine Dragons or Imagine Dragons are listening, I apologize. I, I, um. Look. It's no apparent reason. I don't begrudge other people to be fans of things, but personally, and I, I fully realize that it is not necessarily the most rational thing in the world, just don't like them. All right. So I think I've made my point clear. If you if you don't, if you don't, if you don't know what it is, certainly you could listen to last week's episode and it is put in painful detail. All right. So home stretch. Steven's credit sales. Do you want spending money? Sell these popular patriotic and religious mottos. Send us no money in advance and keep 10% of however many you sell. Right. And then stamps, royal family stamps. Woohoo! Nothing interesting to say about them. I think I've said stamps, everything stamps, that there stamps, is to say stamps, about stamps. Stamps, 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 stamps. Nobody stamps, buys stamps, stamps anymore. Stamps, stamps, stamps. All right. Then we have Charles Atlas. Charles Atlas this time advertising in the back of, of the strongman. I think maybe they have some kind of strongman agreement of like, you know. One at a time. Right. Like Joe Weider, you get this month. George Jowett, you get this month. Charles Atlas, you get this month. And then, of course, Charles Atlas steals all the glory. But Joe Weider makes all the money. And then you make money, 50 cents to $1.25 on every Midwest Christmas card assort- assortment. So you you send for these trial boxes and then they send you a, a bunch of greeting cards that you sell. They also have this cool map desk. Yes, extra. That actually looks pretty cool. U.S. Maps desk set. It's got like a pen holder thing. And all this other stuff. So then you want to mail to the Midwest Card Company. All right. So that brings us to the end of the issue and the end of our show. I would like to thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you. If you have a moment, you know, do the thing, write the reviews. Uh, and um, I would like to also um, ask again, like I did this week, I think this might be a regular. Tell one person you know about one of the stories that you heard on Superman's Pal Jamil. And then if they want to know more about it, send them to our show. Yep. I think that's fair. Yeah. And I think that's a, good. And I feel like other people, other than people who just like Silver Age comics would find the, the the stories suitably interesting or bizarre or surreal or enough to want more. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you for, to the Spin Doctors for not suing us. Uh, and I guess I guess that's all. Sure, yeah. that's all. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything? Support your local roller derby. All right. So uh, until next week, this is Gary Rowland. This is Ella Plum Rowland. And together we say Superman no away. Away.